Hey there, Tribe from the North. It's Chris here. Just letting you know that I am currently not on this episode, so you're going to enjoy Brian Marceau, Austin Rico, and Alex the Boat Boatman breaking down everything happening in Vandal Sports and, well, the world. Currently, I am in a place that makes it a little bit more difficult to edit these, so there might be some errors that typically don't make the final cut. We hope you'll bear with us in these trying times. Hopefully this takes your mind off everything, and go Vandals. Welcome back, Tribe from North Brave and Bull, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals' home on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian, in relief of Chris, and today uh, we have two two special guests. One first time, one not so first time. Um, Alex, it's been a while, but Alex Boatman, best of all time, is here. How's it going? Hey, good to be back, Brian. Always good to have you back, and our first time guest. Uh, one of a handful of the most famous kickers from Spokane Valley, Washington, a Vandal alum, Austin Rico. Austin, how's it going? Doing good, doing good. Excited to be here. Excited to have you here too, man. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Big Sky Conference basketball tournaments, both men's and women's. We're going to continue with our preview of uh our positional previews for the football team's 2020 season. We have specialists this week, which is part of why we have Alex and Austin here. We'll also go, um, you know, we're going to ask Austin a little bit about that whole XFL thing because, hey, he's a Vandal pro. We might as well find out. And we might close with some hashtag Ask the ATCs. But as always, today's episode is brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like CW Hogs and Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get ya ass some snacks. And that is so many damn syllables. I'm so happy I'm done with that ad read. All right, <laughs> guys. I blame Chris. Yeah, man, I do, except he didn't write it. Uh, but hey, you know what, Montucky, you're great. We love your ad reads, we love it's challenging. Keep sponsoring the podcast. Um, around the bar, our news, um, this is not a secret to listeners, a lot of bad news. We are also full disclosure. This is not going to be your home for COVID-19 hot takes. Listen to experts. That's it. We're talking sports. Obviously we have to reference COVID, but that is just not going to be our focus today. It's on the sports as much as we can. So Alex, we're going to talk about the men's basketball game real quick. Alex and Austin, by the way, um, Alex, did you catch any of the the men's basketball game? Um, a little bit of it. I was keeping up on it mainly because because Trayvon Allen's my guy. Um, I've known Trayvon for a long time, and you know, even though it was a tough, tough, heartbreaking loss, um, guy went out there and competed his ass off his last uh, collegiate game of his career. So yeah, it was good to see him do that. Yeah, was well, Austin? What about you? Uh, I haven't been able to follow up on the games per se. I've been keeping tabs on you know the success and. Was definitely bummed to see the girls uh, wouldn't have a chance uh, to ultimately go to the March Madness. That's unfortunately not happening this year. Um, 
but always always kind of keeping tabs. I mean, Twitter, that's the beauty of social media these days. So, Austin, I'm going to say you picked a great year to check out a little bit, so congrats. Uh, but for <laughs> listeners, if you did not catch the game, look, the, the men's team season was not cut short. They played every game they could have played. We drew Southern Utah in the first round because we we won, in my mind, our championship by beating Idaho State at the end and not finishing in last place. Uh, because we won, we opened up with Southern Utah. We had lost our first two games of Southern Utah by 32, then 28. So that's a 30-point average, in case you're curious. We kept it much more competitive this game. Uh, lost 75-69. Um, you know, the game was similar to many of our games this season. Uh, Trayvon Allen scores 35 points on 23 shots, picks up eight rebounds. But we have one other guy scoring double figures, um, shot 34% in the first half, 16% from three in the first half. Um, in some ways, it was, a, it was a big deal for us to just keep it close. Uh, but like Alex said, at least Trayvon got to go out on top um, to the extent he could. Second team, all big sky. Uh, congrats to Trayvon, Trayvon, great career. And also Quentin Forrest, he was here for one season. He, he graduated as well. So men's season ends. We finish uh, men's season end 8-24, uh, 6-24 um, and 24 against D1 teams. Uh, you know, we might talk further about Zach Claw stuff. We're going to skip over that for now. Uh, but also, like Alex had said, uh, women's team, different story. Did either of you guys catch any of the women's game or were you, games or were you at least able to follow you know, like you were for the men's just kind of been keeping tabs. Like I said, uh, was really pulling for them in the championship there. And I mean, they've made such a good run the last couple of years. You almost expected them to go and win it. Had that game been played. Yeah, definitely. That's how I felt, you know, just kind of keeping up on them. Um, you know, one of, one of, uh, one of our good friends, Zach Bafis, uh, his girlfriend's Lizzie Klinker. So we definitely always keep up on that for, for Zach's sake and, um, always talking about it. So, um, you know, tough to see how it ended, you know, knowing that they didn't go out on a loss, but still that um, it ended for those, for that team and uh, those two seniors and uh, Izzy and uh, Lizzie. Which, quick update, women won their first game against Portland State 56-54. Uh, then in their second round game, they beat Idaho State 66-51 in a game that was a one-point game heading into the fourth quarter. Then our Vandals blitzed Idaho State 22-8 to to close the game out. Um, they were set to play Montana State in the Big Sky Conference Championship. Uh, we we beaten Montana State earlier in the year. And, you know, for the women, and I want to throw this question, I want to hear from um, Alex and Austin. I want to hear from you both. To me, there are some ways where, though the sport comparison doesn't precisely overlap with football, this is in some ways for the women kind of like, that 2016 football team, if they hadn't made it to like the cusp of getting into a bowl game or knew they were in a bowl game, and then they had that ripped away from them because of nothing they did wrong. So I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel about that comparison. Alex, you want to take the lead here? Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good comparison, honestly, because postseason's postseason. Um, you know, their, their goal at the end, uh, in the years to win Big Sky and to to make the March Madness, that's kind of any mid major's goal in terms of in basketball and football. You know, you're mid mid level FBS team. Your goal is to go six and six, compete for your conference, and go go play a bowl game and win a bowl game. Um, 
to have if that would have been ripped, ripped away um, from us, that would have been heartbreaking. Um, you know, it's tough because this, like Austin referenced this women's team, you kind of just expect Coach Newley, even even in a year after they lose Michaela and Taylor Pierce, two of the most prolific scores in college basketball history, any division, any gender, doesn't matter. Those are the two of the most prolific scores in college basketball history to lose that. And they still had the attitude to go out there and go, I think you said 20, they went 22 and nine was their final record into almost win the conference and go to March Madness again. Um, it's heartbreaking, you know, um, probably a pretty good comparison. I mean, I'd, I'd have to agree. It's one of those, uh, you can't really appreciate, um, at least just because I haven't had it taken away from me. It's one thing for your season to end, and that's just devastating. Uh, but at least then you have that that result. I mean, the scoreboard tells you, all right, this is where it ends. As opposed to now, I mean, shoot, we, at least being in the XFL, we were we were undefeated getting ready for a playoff push ourselves and just have everything kind of taken away uh, because of this uh, coronavirus issue. It's, it's tough to process uh, strictly from a competitive aspect and from an experience aspect. I mean, for those especially for like seniors, uh, those that might most likely are done. I know there's been talks about redshirt stuff, but I think that's for spring. Uh, it's just one of those, it's, it's going to be tough to swallow. And again, the, the tournament has got to be one of those things. There's just nothing like it. I mean, it's what you work all season for and uh, to have it pulled away. It's, it's got to be gut wrenching. Uh, I'm sure they all understand it from a health standpoint, but from a competitive aspect, you absolutely want to go and play and, and have a chance to take on one of those, most likely a, a top one or two seed uh, once you make it in there, should you win the championship. Yeah. For me as a non division one athlete, I have to completely extrapolate, but uh, you know, I, I heard a stat John Newley in neutral site games has a career record of 15 and three. Alex talked about how this team responded to losing two of the best players in program history, finished 22 and nine, 15 and five in conference. You know, in some ways this was a rebuilding year and we finished second. We were second seed, and we won the games we need to in tournament. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than this would be wretched. I would not be floored if this is the kind of thing that, like, and you guys can tell me how much I misunderstand this, but, you know, you guys now, former college athletes, I'm sure, I know you do not, like, sit at home and talk about nothing but playing college sports, but I'm sure when that comes up uh, with each other, with other people, whatever, um, you know, there's certain things you're more likely to be gravitated towards probably some of the worst losses, but also some of the best wins. And my guess is this would slam its way to the top of worst losses. Oh, 100%. yeah, yeah, definitely. This is the, the biggest loss that in terms of the scoreboard didn't show it one way or the other. I think, I think, uh, sometimes I know we would probably, we probably talk about, um, at least in my time in Idaho, what could have been in that 2015 season, what could have been that 2017 season. It's those what could have been, I think, is what ends up being talked about the most. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of those, like the bowl game. It was, at least for me personally, I, I can't say I, I played particularly well on that, you know, ice rink that we had, but it's one you're still going to talk about. It. It's still going to be such a glorious moment, win or lose, because it was such a electric environment. And again, this is, March Madness that we're talking about, that opportunity it's, it's very tough to come by to go and especially as a mid-major win you know, win your conference to get that bid, so I know they're going to be sitting there thinking, what if um, and especially more so because they didn't do anything wrong, they've done everything that they need to yeah. to, 
put themselves in position. That's the real gut wrencher, at least for us on the football team, that 2015 season, we can sit there and look at our two, you know, three touchdown leads blown where you're just like, are you serious? For them, they have nothing but, well, this virus wasn't around, you know, you can't sit there and play the what if game with that. And it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a while. Yeah, man. I don't know how else to, what else to add there other than, we wish for the women that ended differently. Uh, congrats on the great season. Uh, Montana State was officially named the champion. Um, I believe NC, this was throughout the NCAA that uh, for play, places that did not get to play the conference tournament, which was essentially everyone, regular season number one seed in the tournament was just given the conference championship for this year. Uh, but, you know, I think we're, we probably close the book on this um, unless. Uh, Alex, any anything else you want to add? Yeah, everyone get better as fast as possible so we get back to normal playing sports. Seconded. Absolutely seconded. Uh, so we're going to transition now to our preview, uh, our positional preview. It is it is now slightly odd how to state the preview because the spring game has been canceled. Probably the right call. I mean, yeah. sorry, that was not probably, it was not probably the right call. It was the right call. Um, but we're going to continue with our uh, positional preview. I'm for you know Alex and Austin. I'm going to go over a couple of our returning players real quick, and then I'm going to throw it to you guys. Uh, feel free, uh, you know, to let listeners know you guys are both you know special. You guys have background specialists, so uh, you're going to be able to help more than I am. Um, so you'll feel filibustered for probably a minute or two. Um, <laughs> big returner for us is Cade Coffee. Redshirt senior from Rathdrum, Idaho. Uh, last year was a relative down year for Cade, but as I understand, Alex, uh, that was likely him playing through injury is what would explain the statistical differences from his first two years uh, to last year. Whereas, you know, his first two years, um, he converted 70% of his field goals as a freshman, 72 percent as a sophomore than 56 percent last year um he also had a he also did not uh, kick off as many times uh 52 kickoffs as a freshman 47 as a sophomore than 32 last year some of the kickoff duties went to logan prescott a redshirt sophomore out of indio california and i believe he's a transfer from washington state Um, he Yep, he kicked off 28 times. Um, had some, I mean, his kickoff's performance was relatively similar to Cade. Averaged 62.5 uh, yards per kick, 23 touchbacks on 28 attempts. So, uh, you know, that's good, or it's high percentage. Um, and then uh, recruit we who we will not see, and I'm pretty sure, Austin, you can uh, be our news confirmation here if you want to. Uh, <laughs> there's some guy you might know named Landon Rico, who we signed. Uh, but he will not be playing in the next couple of years because he's on a mission. Is that correct? Or he will be on a mission? Uh, he will be on a mission. Yeah, that, that's his plan right now, uh, <laughs> pending all this COVID-19 stuff. Yeah, so um, – oh, also, sorry, jumping back real quick, guys. Cade Coffey uh, took care of punting duties uh, for the last three years, and even with the injury, his punting average was pretty dang similar to what had been uh, his first two years. Um, 43.8 yards per punt last year. 
His previous two seasons were both in the 44 range. So essentially no change there. Um, you know, I'm going to throw it to Austin real quick. Um, one, do, do you think we should take, we should have any takeaways about um, how we have, I mean, in some ways I think a healthy Cade coffee will feel like a transfer compared to how he was last year with field goal accuracy. Uh, but otherwise I think this isn't a group we should just say, Hey, we're, we're kind of solid. Uh, I mean, it's kind of one of those where Cade's absolutely more than capable of doing all three. Um, it's just one of those that's tough. And if you don't have to, they, I mean, there's not really a, a need for it. Uh, it's one of those. I, I, I still keep in contact with Coach Sink, and, and they've kind of talked about it. And, and like you said, uh, unfortunately, I forget his name right now, but he stepped in and kicked off kind of the second half of the season for him there and did a good job. And so ultimately, I think what they're looking at is trying to find a way to keep Cade's leg fresh. Uh, I know we had discussed it going into my senior year, possibility of – uh, you know, having somebody do the kickoffs for me. And uh, ultimately it's one of those, I think Cade's probably the exact same way, especially having done it for the first three years is you're going to be a little stubborn. You're going to be competitive and you don't want anybody else saying, you know, getting the bragging rights saying, Oh, I'm a better kickoff guy or anything like that. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, I, th- I think Cade's going to be set up for a great senior year. I think last year, the numbers are a little skewed on the kicking side, strictly Bo, You can correct me. I, I at least saw two or three blocked, field goals last year four block field goals and there weren't many attempted so uh, i think he's got a, a bright senior year coming his way and again it's one of those senior year everything just kind of clicks and really i depending on the team and from what i've heard from the recruiting class and everything else could be one where you see the the amount of field goals go up and the number of punts and the punt distance potentially drop a little bit because of a short field and i know boat can back me up on that one uh, because that's exactly <laughs> what happened to us uh, my senior year. Yeah, definitely. That's why uh, Todd Sauerbrunn still has you on the highest punting average in, over in, in your career in the FBS level. That's exactly why. Um, so, yeah, looking it up, um, looking at Cade's stats, looking at FCS stats. So this is really interesting. The F, the highest punting average in a career in the FCS level is 44.8 yards, an average over a career. Cade currently averages 44.2, and he's played two of his three seasons at the FCS level. Statistically speaking, he's in position to be statistically the best FCS punter of all time. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Idaho is, I'm going to call it punter U, from TJ uh, Conley to, to Bobby Cowan uh, to Austin Rico to Kate Coffey. Idaho's been pretty blessed with some good punters. It's not the position you ne- necessarily um, want to be known for, but those are the guys who can flip the field and make a big difference um, in how you play the fo- game of football. Um Austin's probably a big reason why we went nine, nine and four in 2016 because of how many times he made the opposing team start inside their own 20 or 10 yard line. Um, you know, Cade, Cade, you know, struggled a little bit with injury. Wasn't feeling the best all year, but I know Rico towards the end of his senior year wasn't always feeling the best either. It's just kind of the nature of the beast when you have someone doing all three. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they stick with Logan Prescott doing kickoffs and take that just off of Cade's plate completely. Um, you know, field goal averages, I know it wasn't the – you didn't have um, the most tight operational unit the whole time. Um, Austin, for the most part of his career, had the same snapper and the same holder. And I know, Rico, you can attest that made a big difference um, in terms of how well you guys knew each other and you guys could, could operate as a unit. Cade hasn't had that. He has gone through 
four snappers and let's see four four holders um in three seasons <laughs> that does not make it easy um so i think this next year will be his first year to ever um repeating um a holder in terms of connor whitney and then snapping um that's kind of something that i'm not quite sure what's going to happen that's probably the most welcome position in the specialist group is who will be snapping the football for idaho next year And I got to tell you guys, um, of the things I am qualified to explain, who the best snapper would be is absolutely the last one. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the one that um, every no one's really qualified to talk about it unless unless you do it. If you let if Rico could come back and have eligibility, it would be him. Um, he could spin a football pretty well. He he would always <laughs> yeah. Don't Rico always would try to get in snapping competitions when we were bored. Um, but. Um, you know, Cam- Cameron Lang's been there now. This is going on his third season with the team. Um, he started, he handled a lot of PATs in 2018, handled some punts and PATs his last year. But then also Ho- Hogan Hatton, freshman, also a linebacker, um, handled the snapping a decent portion of the year. And I don't know what will happen. Um, you know, that'll be Coach Adam Bresky's decision. He's a special teams coordinator. Um, he'll be the one make that call. And... Oh, sorry, guys. I'll take you out for a second. Um, he'll be the one to make that call. Um, coach Sinkovich is kind of the specialist coach, I guess you could say. Um, but he defaults to his older guys a lot on kind of what's going on, and you kind of responsible for yourself. And I love Coach Sink. So I think uh, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know who's going to be snapping, but you know you have one of the most consistent punters in, uh, in Idaho's history when you have Cade Coffey. So we've looked at it before. Bobby and TJ have only ever had one season or two seasons um, where they averaged forty yard, more than 40 yards a punt. Cade's had three seasons more than ever 40 yards a punt. So you get something that's consistent. It might not always be the 5-5 five, five hang time with a 60-yard ball. You might see Rico punt every now and again, but you're going to get someone who gets the ball down there, 4-5 hang time, 50-yard punt, and uh, is a weapon. I know he had one punt that went 80 yards – my senior year, and let me tell you, that was not a fun 80-yard run I had to do in the Dome, but it was good why the field flipped like that. Which, um, that is a, you know, that's going to be a transition point for me, which is, one, I feel, right now, we should feel pretty comfortable about the specialists we have. Um, it's great that we have Logan to potentially do kickoff, kickoffs if need be. But uh, to me, this is not a huge this is not one of the areas fans should be concerned about. Um, I, it would be floored if we don't have a bit of a rebound year out of Cade. And we've got a second leg for kickoffs, and Prescott did quite well uh, during his his, stint, his time kicking last year. Uh, but I have a question. I want to hear from Austin. I want to hear from Alex. You know, the spring game's canceled. The um, practices are continuing uh, there is real question about whether practices or whether the COVID situation is going to limit practices. It's put a, you know, it's put a complete halt on recruiting, you know, Austin first, you know, in your mind, uh, Austin, let's say you're a player. Let's say this is your senior year. We're walking into uh, spring games canceled and you're looking at potentially limited facility access, stuff like that. If um, you know, if, the state of Idaho makes a couple changes that a lot of states are making. Um, you know, how are you feeling? You know, if you are 
if you're a senior this year? If I'm a senior, I mean, it's kind of one of those going in. It's going to be what you make it. I don't think you can sit there and say, you know, oh, I'm just going to go to practice. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all the mandatory stuff. It's one of those that you're going to have to do on your own as is. You're going to have to find that time. Big thing is, is for, for any of the positions, especially on the offensive side and the specialists, is getting that timing down. So obviously the snap to kick time for punters, kickers. And on the flip side, you're going to have a new quarterback this year. You're going to have some new receivers getting integrated into the offense, and you're going to need those reps to get the timing down because that's such a big part of the quarterback play. And so that part, you, regardless, you're going to do it on your own, but you're going to have to find more time. And then as far as we'll see what they do as far as the weight room, um, at least from what I've seen elsewhere in the country, they're still allowing people to use it, but it's more of a uh, smaller group setting. Uh, as you see, everybody kind of working towards social distancing. And again, it's so weird talking about all this, but ultimately I think the biggest thing is uh, I don't think it should be too much of a detractor because every other school is going to have to go through it. It's, it's ultimately going to come down to how bad do you want it and what are you going to do about it? So, you know, I, I like to think that Coach Petrino has is, is got those guys kind of amped up and, and ready to roll in that regard. Uh, but, I mean, shoot, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I, I would love for this thing to blow over sooner than later, but it's looking like it, it's going to be a little longer than everybody else wants. So, I mean, vote you, you can throw your two cents in there, but ultimately I think if they're going to have a successful season, it's going to come down to them. It's not going to come from any of those mandatory structured practices. It's, it's going to come from those players and those players alone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, that's something we always had to do, no matter if there was COVID-19 or not. Specialists, you had to kind of be responsible for yourself um, throughout the year. Um, it's good. It's Practice-wise, it's tough. Um, I think as right now, Idaho is still practicing. That's that's the go-ahead. That's everything I've heard is Idaho will still practice. It's just there's going to be no spring games in terms of fans in the stands. But your essential personnel with coaches, players, support staff will be around for practices. Um, and I think you could see it where – things maybe get done um, as fast as possible before things do have to change. I know they're on spring break right now, and I wouldn't be surprised if things kind of get sped up in terms of, all right, we're going to practice like Wednesday after spring break just to get just to get it going in case um, they do have to shut everything down. Um, is that maybe the most socially responsible? I don't know, but um, it's the timing's important. Um, who, who's going to be quarterback this year? It's going to be one of three dudes or one of four dudes probably. Um, Two have been in the system for a while. One's not even there right now. But you're going to get guys who haven't had rep, reps before. Spring ball is a time that Coach Trino loves to use in terms of a lot of reps, a lot of intensity. He will let guys hit live, and he will let them fly at each other, um, get the hitting out of your system. It's good in the sense that – so Idaho's training blocks are typically broken up into kind of four sections throughout the year in terms of training and, and lifting and everything. Your big your big times with Coach Sharnhorse in the weight room um, are going to be – that winter block between they, when they come back um, from winter break until they go um, for spring break, and then they're going to have more of a season-style lifting session where you're going to be lifting kind of lighter, not as much time in the weight room on the field two to three times a week when they hit spring ball. Then they come back in the summer. We usually would come back around uh, early mid-June. So hopefully when everything's blown over, everything can kind of go back to normal um, early mid-June. That's kind of some of the projections that I'm seeing with a lot of sporting leagues. So that's a massive eight-week, nine-week training block for Idaho, and then we get into season. So if they're able to get those two massive training blocks um, in the weight room with Coach Sharnhorse, which are huge in terms of strength and uh, 
strength and speed and agility. Um, I think, you know, they had their showtime, which is power clean night. Um, I know Rico and I have really participated in showtime, but it's always a, that's a hype time to go see your teammates go throw around hundreds of pounds of weight. Um, so they were able to do that before everything kind of happened. I think we saw had some guys cleaning 365 pounds, um, which is close to a school record, but not, but not it. Um, but it's awesome to see that kind of gains in the weight room. Um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully, uh, Idaho just, we can get some things in as fast as possible, get some of that key key stuff in and, uh, you know, make the right, make the right decision when, uh, when it's come, comes time. Uh, question I got for you about this, Alex, I believe Utah or Weber state might not have been the state of Utah, um, just announced that like there, there are no practices taking place. It's just over. Um, mm-hmm. let's say you're, you know, again, let's say you're a senior, uh, let's say governor Brad little, uh, makes a proclamation. And this, I, I think this is entirely a feasible thing to think may happen now says, you know what? Hey, practice stuff like that. Like sports is just done right now. Um, what, what do you do then? Um, you know, you, you, you finish school with online schooling, which is what schools are doing. Um, but as far as maintaining shape, like if they, if they say like, everything's over, is it truly, Hey, you're on your own. You just stay in shape. Um, you know, maybe consultations with the coaches or something like that. But other than that, it's show up on your own. Like, is, is that truly what we'd be looking at? Um, I think probably, I think it'd be kind of, you know, um, on the athlete at that point. Um, you know, and I do, and I do work in athletics in the University of Washington. So I am kind of, I, I, I'm not like in the know, but you know, we, we hear things on what could happen and, um, you're more yeah, in the know than me. Yeah. Um, I, I you know, it's everything, the situation is really fluid. Um, no one really knows what's going to happen. What I think at that point it'd be, it'd be kind of, you know, there might be no, mandatory, um, practices, no mandatory lifting. However, um, Rico, I know you can attest to what no mandatory means. Um, in the Idaho program, you know, things might not be certainly structured with full pads and at certain time, you know, but things might happen out on the sprint turf player led, um, showing up in the weight room at certain times. Um, or otherwise you might, you might be hearing it from some, some seniors. Um, so, I think I think uh, it, at that point it comes to accountability and kind of how bad you want it. That, that kind of what what your culture is as a program. Do you have a culture of a program? Is all right in this crappy time? Are we still going to kind of knuckle down and, and do our do what we need to do to get the job done, or are we just going to kind of take a vacation? Right now is vacation time. Right now it's spring break. Go go have your vacation, whether it be at home with some friends, you know, hunker down in your home. Um, but then as soon as they come back for those last few weeks. Because I think even if school's online, I think they can still have student athletes at campus. I, I don't. I don't know. This is a whole really weird NCAA thing. You know, this is where how does the NCAA interact with their rules? How do conferences work? And then with so many schools being public institutions, what you know, what can the state do? What can you know the, the government do? Um, but no one Idaho, they'll be they'll be back. Um, even if there might not be spring practice. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some type of a uh, player player led drills um, out on the sprint turf a few times a week. Rico, that sound about right. Yeah, I mean it's kind of just more from what I said earlier. Ultimately, it's just going to come down to you, and and for the most part, these athletes have done it before. the 
and the strength coaches, they'll give you a program and the guys that are, you know, diligent about doing it, they'll, they'll see the benefits of it. They'll see the gains and, you know, they'll be re- rewarded come season. Yeah. The only thing I want to add to that is just, um, this is more just for listeners for the, you know, perspective of the non-athlete or non-college athlete. Uh, the guys who are on the team, like they have pretty, I mean, you guys tell me if I'm wrong because of, because of practice schedule and, you know, like your typical schooling schedule, their days are probably a, the average football player uh, during practice, during times when you're practicing, their days are much more regimented than the average student. Um, so in short, these are guys who essentially are working harder at football than some people work at anything in their entire lives during, you know, during the seasons. Um, so, you know, we, you guys talked about the thing about having to work hard, but, uh, you know, make sure you do it. I'm going to guess for a ton of people, it would be weird to not, you know, be regimented and showing up to practice. Uh, I mean, like, you know, Alex, you talked about the influence of the team to make things, you know, non-mandatory, but, you know, for, for you guys, would let's say this happened during your season. Would it have like, like, would it be hard to imagine like actually that many people not showing up? Meaning if you're a fan, yeah, dude, expect they're going to be working hard, expect they're going to be showing up regardless. Um, yeah, I think, I think as players, um, you know, like Austin, Austin made a good point and guys get rewarded. You, you know, so I think Idaho, for example, we spent 42, three weeks out of the year together in terms of, uh, drills, practice, whatever, lifting. And those weeks that you're not together around Christmas and, um, those couple weeks of summer and you come back, you can tell who didn't run a little bit and who didn't do their squats and who didn't work out because those are the guys who are going to be dogging and they're not going to be having the results on the field that the coaches want to see. And, you know, I, it's, it's kind of just, yeah, you would expect everyone to, for the most part, um, you know, work their tail off. And now with classes, the way they're going to be, um, you know, I don't know how professors are going to handle it. So, there's a safe assumption to say some classes might be might be easier because professors can only teach so much online. Um, guys are going to have more time than ever, <laughs> maybe not know what to do with themselves, which is sometimes bad because college age guys can make some dumb mistakes sometimes. So um, hopefully, uh, enough students leave town that our guys keep their nose noses clean and just on the straight path. All right. Well. Um, we're going to call that good on our spring updates. And before, uh, before we get to our hashtag AskTATCs, I uh, want to spend a few minutes since we have Austin here. Um, Austin, you, you have a pro football career. And you have, if your Wikipedia page is correct, you have a, yeah, a relatively interesting you know, last three years or so since graduating from the University of Idaho. Um, so... Uh, tell me if I'm correct, man. First off, uh, the stuff that maybe anyone can understand, or maybe maybe just a thing that um, is unique to kickers. It's it is probably pretty damn hard to break into bring, being a pro kicker when there's not that many positions and people get to play absolutely forever. Um, so you know, Austin, I guess start us from you went undrafted in 2017, um, but you know you've. Uh, You've been you've been on you've played on a few teams since since 2017. So I guess um, you know. Let us know first off, starting with uh, the NFL time. Um, you know, 
how, how was that like? Well, what was your path? And um, you also played in both the minor leagues or not minor leagues. That's sorry. That's a absolutely wrong <laughs> term. You played in, yeah, dude, forgive me. I'm just, it's because there hasn't been these alternative leagues in football. Uh, you played in the other two, the non NFL pro leagues in the U S so they were not minor league. They're pro leagues. They're, they're good players. Uh, but walk us through your NFL time. And then, um, you know, let us know a little bit about your time with Salt Lake Stallions and most recently Houston Roughnecks. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those. It's, you know, it'd be a fun story to tell when it's, you know, down the line, telling my kids, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just been kind of a whirlwind, kind of been bouncing around. And I mean, really the thing I've learned is, is how political it can be at the NFL level. Um, went to Buffalo. Uh, their, their guy was towards the bottom of the league. That was part of the reason why I wanted to go there. And, you know, went, competed, performed well. And it was one of those you could just kind of tell the punter and the special teams coach were buddy-buddy. And it was like, all right, it's going to be real tough to, to get a fair shake here. And, you know, sure enough, uh, I didn't. And so go from there, you know, you, you hold out for an opportunity. And because I didn't really get any preseason film with them, um, didn't get a ton of looks because a lot of people go off preseason numbers for their workouts. So still had some workouts, signed with the Giants uh, on a futures deal. And again, went there, was was doing my thing, kicking the ball well. Was the only punter there to start, and they traded uh, for the punter that they have now from the Broncos. And uh, went in, uh, was out punting him. Uh, it's one of those, you know, you can go and statistically do it. Because I, I, I like to be biased when it comes to that. I'm always a lot harder on myself than, you know, my competition and uh, – but ultimately, they, they decided to release me. I uh, kind of cut the competition short, uh, which which sucked. Uh, and then, yeah, after that, I was kind of bouncing around a little bit. Uh, I kind of entertained the idea of CFL, but ultimately didn't didn't really want to go up there. Uh, you know, for for various reasons, went to the Alliance. Loved my time there in Salt Lake. Uh, it was an awesome league. Had a ton of fun. Was able to just play football again. Felt like college. And then obviously that whole thing fell apart, which was a big bummer. And then the XFL rolled around, uh, you know, was fortunate enough to have Randy Mueller, a GM in Salt Lake. He was also, uh, you know, player personnel guy in Houston. So they, they drafted me there for the XFL. And I mean, loved it again. It, it literally feels like I'm, you know, still in college as far as the camaraderie and all that stuff. Uh, but now you're just getting paid to play and you don't have school. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been one of those kind of bounced around. And honestly, after the Alliance, I was like, all right, you know, I need to start preparing for life after football enrolled in chiropractic school. Uh, I got my first quarter done there and I was like, all right, I'm going to go play with Houston, you know, make some money, help, you know, limit the loans uh, for chiropractic school there. And now uh, just getting ready to head back into chiropractic school and, and hit the ground running. But, it's been a it's been a wild ride. I think it's one of those. It'll be cool to say, you know, I was part of the you know part of the NFL, was part of the AAF, part of the XFL. Uh, yeah, I know the XFL is coming back for another year as their plan. And, you know, we'll we'll see what the future holds. But it's been uh, kind of like you said. Just I know I've said it before, but it's a wild ride, and there's no other way to the, to describe it. It's just been. It definitely has been what I thought it would be, but. I don't think I would change it. I mean, I'd love to be in the NFL, obviously, but just the the people I've met, the experience I've had, the places I've got to be, it's been uh, it's been one of a kind. That's for sure. Yeah, and with your time in Salt Lake and then with Houston, I mean, first want to make sure listeners know that absolutely, I think it absolutely sucks the way those two seasons have been cut short. 
uh, which obviously not that, that had nothing to do with players. You know, it was a financial thing with the owner of the AAF. And then we had COVID uh, for the XFL. Uh, but how, how many games did you get to play for Houston? Uh, in uh, so we got X- halfway through XFL. five games, five games. Okay. It would have been a 10 game season. Um, can you compare your time? For sure. <laughs> hey, you guys favorite, favorite win everything. I've been, I've been, I've been a championship best player in the league. PJ Walker. Yeah. Th- yeah. Now let me pull Alex. Uh, sorry. Let me pull Austin back to that question about the women's team. Hey, when it gets ripped away, how's it feel? Um, I guess, uh, can you compare your time in Salt Lake versus your time in Houston? Um, I don't really know what to tell you to compare because I'm not, not, I am not a pro player. Um, I'm just curious, like, were there things, you know, was, was it radically different? Uh, was, I don't know, were there like big facility differences? Was the Salt Lake thing kind of different because of how, um, you know, the drafts were kind of regional uh, versus the XFL? I don't believe the drafts are regional, uh, but can you compare those two different leagues? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you talk about the drafts, you know, the regional versus non-regional, and you can kind of see the the difference because we had the same GM for both. And uh, the first thing he told me, uh, we had a good team in Salt Lake. The first thing he tells me is we got a lot faster. And <laughs> sure enough, we we were we were pretty uh, we were pretty well rounded all across the board there. Uh, but I mean, it was it was very similar as far as the uh, the feel of it. You know, just the love of the game, the the camaraderie. Uh, you know, still feeling like a professional, but it wasn't. In the NFL, my time I've learned, for the most part, guys will uh, they'll kind of go in, you know, get their work done, hit the showers, and then they're out. Everybody kind of goes their own way. Well, we're stuck in the same hotel as everybody else, so we're constantly hanging out, you know, playing cards, going bowling, going to top golf, stuff of that nature. Um, but the difference is, um, I mean, well, Houston, we hit great fan turnout in Salt Lake, not really. Uh, winning versus losing definitely makes a difference there. Uh, but on the flip side of it, you talk about the facilities in Salt Lake. We were bounced around between uh, Real Academy using their indoor, using different high school fields, using Utah's stadium field, as opposed to here in Houston. I mean, it was just top notch. I mean, basically Salt Lake, our locker room was a little, uh, just a little building. They put in a couple lockers in there threw in a couple trailers for showers, believe it or not. And then we lifted in basically a trailer. And then here we've got, uh, we've got a wonderful facility to go and lift at. We've got an indoor practice field with the U of H along with the, the stadium fields. We were set for practice facilities. We have a real locker room, real equipment room. And it was, it was one of those where, like I said, it, it felt very similar to an extent, but it was so much more, I don't want to say posh or, or lavish, but it, it was definitely more well-organized. And the, other, the last part that I'll say is we weren't sitting there thinking, all right, are we getting paid this week? And the AAF, there were a couple of times, shoot, Boat was usually the one that would hit me up and be like, hey, are, is, is the league folding or you know, <laughs> what's going on? And, of course, this league, you know, everything seemed like it was rolling perfect. And then this, you know, COVID-19 just comes out of the blue. And it was really the only thing that could derail the season. Because financially we were good, you know, we had good attendance for games. The football was good, and yeah, I mean, I, I'll look back favorably on my time in Houston. Absolutely love the city, love the people there. And would love, would love to go back there again. And based off what you described, um, you know, this is 
trying to I always try to imagine the you know listener perspective, someone who's not completely in the know. Uh, from far away, you see, hey, AAF didn't make it a full year; it's over. XFL didn't make it a full year. From the you know not in the non-insider perspective, sounds like it's over. But based off what you described, it sounds like regionally, uh, the XFL had much more uh, like heavy investment into you know trying to make sure it works, and that you know and the XFL says it's coming back in twenty twenty one. It's probably reasonable uh, to expect it actually will be back. You know, you agree with that, Rico? Yeah, that that's one hundred percent their plan, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they press forward with it. Just strictly because uh, you kind of lose some of the momentum you gained here. Uh, but obviously, Vince McMahon is a very successful business person, and if if he's willing to, you know. Pay for it. I think there was there was pretty good viewership, especially it was better than the AAF. I know that. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall people would enjoy having it back, and for that reason, I think Vince McMahon would be, you know, wise and, and keen to, to put it on for another year and and see where it can go, especially with a full season as opposed to missing out on those playoffs. All right. Well. I think we're gonna call we're gonna call that part good. Thanks for the impromptu interview, Austin. Because we, uh, I'm gonna pull the curtain back. We absolutely did not plan, uh, you know, what this interview would be like. So thanks for doing that part. We're gonna shift uh, before we get to hashtag ask the ATCs, then call it a day. Um, Austin, we're, we're gonna treat uh, me and Alex like we're the hosts. And when we have new new guests, we have a segment called Getting Iced, which <laughs> is where you ask us. Uh, any question you want, it can be sports related, it can be non-sports related, whatever you want. We just get no prep work. Um, you you tell us what you want to hear from us, and then we go. So it is your turn turn to ice us. Hmm. Let's see. I got I got to put boat on the spot just because it resurfaced the other day, and it still makes me giggle. <laughs> yes, I said giggle there. Um, I want to ask boat about a a particular instance a couple of years ago at a. Good old hometown of Lewiston, Idaho. So a little spring, spring scrimmage. Uh, we we were down a holder. I, mean, I need to set the the story here. Uh, we were down our main holder and Trent Cowan. So everybody bumps up. So our backup AJ Wooden was holding for me, and then I volunteered to hold for Kate Coffee, who was coming in. He was he was redshirted at the time. That's a great shirt. Uh, no, no, this was yeah. He was coming in after his great. Yeah, shirt, yeah. So with the team but anyway so i'm like oh i'll hold for him I'm gonna have to hold in college and I feel comfortable doing it so with brett ballard snapping to aj and i get boatman snapping to me well i was i wish i could show you video of this because it it is one heck of a video i'm sure boatman will even attest to it on those home field where he played all his high school games first snap it's a pat and i think that ball got about three yards before it hit the ground <laughs> And I just want to know, Boat, what exactly went through your mind that day? Because you played it pretty cool, but I, I want to know what you're thinking as you've got, you know, family there watching you. Hey, man. I just, I want to hear your input. What what happened? What happened? Like any like any good specialist, when it goes through your mind, you just eat it and move on. You know, uh, can't really show much because you know what's coming from back behind you <laughs> um, in terms of what a coach is going to say. We've all been there, you well, know. What did you think of the hands, too? I mean, the, the fact that the kick was still good. 
Hey, it got to you. The ball got down. The ball went through the uprights. As far as I'm concerned, that's a successful operation. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't you matter. How the ball... You know what? I might have to send a little video for them to post on. Uh, oh, please no. With it. Just, oh, no. Just for some context. God, why do you do this to me? I know it's your birthday, but this is what you got to do on your birthday. <laughs> Haven't seen you in months. That's what I get. Um, oh, yeah. man. What? Do you expect anything less? This is every day. I mean, this was an everyday ordeal here. Re- real quick, Rico, I was going back through videos on my phone today, and I found videos of us at a fall camp year last season, and we're riding around the golf cart, you, me, Brett, and Kane. We're trying to throw the football in the trash can from up in the stands. Oh, uh, I mean, shoot, we we could make this podcast go on and on about all our shenanigans. Going spring, to Walmart. Spring practice going, during, during practice. <laughs> Going, going and getting, yeah, walkie-talkies during practice, uh, getting kicked out of the lighthouse suite for throwing the Frisbee, trying to catch it on the golf cart. The list goes on and on. But, yeah, good good times. So breaking a, you, uh, letting me bring this here for a little bit. Breaking a piece of the dome because you punted the ball too high up. Oh, yes, that, that still lives on. It's if still you there. Go and take a look. They haven't fixed it. So I think above section two, 22 and 21, yeah, it's still <laughs> broken. But, so Rico. Look at that spot now. Hmm? So, listeners, look for that spot now. You said between section oh, yeah. 21, 22. Yeah, there's like an air vent up there. It's like right above it, and there's a there's a broken there's a broken piece of wood up there because Rico punted a ball from the middle of the field. It's maybe one of the best balls he's ever hit, and no one was around to watch it. <laughs> also, we had the Special oh. Olympics in 2016, and this year the Olympics might not even happen. So that's just it's wild times. Yeah, so I'll give my one COVID nineteen hot take. Olympics aren't happening. There's no. That's, that's uh, so sad. No, not at all. I, I heard two year two years down the line they'll they'll replay it. Yeah. Rico, uh, thank you for icing me. I'm uh appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Austin, I now have access to the Tubs the Club account. If oh, you God. send us that video, yeah, oh, that, that, that's a, I send it. As oh, it we is. Were speaking. Okay, oh, I'm gonna check. The, that may become a pin a pinned tweet. Oh man, uh, just just yeah, record cool. this or something like that. Well, well, I I'll mean, hold up, it. Alex. You come out favorable in this. Like, th- th- I mean, if this is Snapgate and the kick was still good, your like your shittiest snap of all time resulted still in a made kick. Like, I feel that you won by losing there. Something like and, that. You know, the the funny thing is, is he he does that snapping it back to a kicker. It's it's not a wide receiver. You know, somebody who's you know notorious for having good hands, right? He he decides pull a, pull a fast one on his kicker. It may, you ever think about that? I was just doing it to test you. No. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, we it wasn't. <laughs> there's a theory. There's a theory. It's all I got to say. Oh, yeah, man. yeah I, that's I three dimensional is... chess we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. All right. We'll, 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 we'll cut it off at that. We won't dive in anymore, but feel free to post that. You have copyright uh, approval. Oh, okay, man. it's going to happen. And we're going to uh, shift over to hashtag AskTATCs, then call the night. Um, way more content than I thought we'd have, but hey, that's not bad news. Um, we posted um, requests for questions on all vandals and on Twitter. Uh, real quick, we actually had a pretty we had a pretty big response on all vandals. And everyone is wanting us to, end, to interview Terry Golick. And full disclosure, dudes, we're trying. Uh, maybe with how... Things are changing, and she probably can't do the kind of public events that she had been doing. Uh, that'll increase our likelihood, but 
you know, listeners are asking about us trying to get her on. You know what? We, we figured that one out a while ago. Yeah, we're, we're trying to get her on, uh, but we'll, we'll let you know when we have some news. Um, the other question from All Vandals comes from Vandal Freeze. His question, do you suppose the cancellation of spring sports might give some relief to the budget shortfall in the athletic department? I'm looking for a silver lining here. Alex, we're going to save money uh, based off not doing stuff? Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I, it's so tough to tell because – a lot of these things, you know, contracts for hotels and for flights are built out so far in advance. Um, but I, we might save money because then you're not buying food for when people go on road trips. You're not paying out per diem. It might not be a whole lot. You know, we're talking um, maybe, you know, tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand or so if we're lucky. But yeah, we could. So silver lining. Budget crisis solved. <laughs> yeah, just don't have an athletic department. Saves a yeah, ton of money. Sim- simple. Only only play like six sports. That's all you got to do. That's what Eastern's looking at, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's what their faculty want. <laughs> yeah, which if people have not been following that, they, uh, Eastern's keeping their athletic department. They're changing nothing. Um, Austin, any thoughts on saving money with spring sports being canceled? Um. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how much you'd be saving. Uh, I mean, as a whole, yeah, you'll you'll get a little bit there. Uh, I'm just gonna kind of be indifferent here. I'm just gonna take a step back, and uh, I'll I'll leave it to the future athletic director, uh, Alex Boatman. <laughs> Something yeah, like that. Also, also want to bring up one thing. Me and Alex talked about uh, before we started recording. Just to go, just to give listeners a better understanding about why we don't know if that'll save money is it really depends on how like the transportation contracts were drawn up. Um, there's, you know, it's reasonable to expect we might save some money, but it's also on the table. Like we don't save nearly as much as you might think with having the teams not traveling. Yeah, you know, coaches That's are fine. still getting salaries and they should. Um, scholarships are still being honored, which they should. Um, the institutional members of the athletic department, like compliance, all those, all, you know, people who are doing athletic department work um, where I guess you could say it's more behind the scenes. They're still working. We still have, I don't think we've had cancellation of, you know, of the construction of the new basketball facility. So a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of, a lot of the athletic department is still running and still collecting money. So, and by the way, they should. So, yeah, maybe we save some money, but not as much as you might think. And shifting to Twitter, Eagles Power Hour podcast says, does the Eagles Power Hour have the best podcast intro in the Big Sky? Austin, you obviously listen to all of the Big Sky Podcast Network podcasts. How would you rank the intros? Oh, man. <laughs> well... What, what's our what's our old podcast boat? What kicking it? Kicking this, is it basically, this, is this is basically a kicking it episode with Brian as a guest. <laughs> Good to be here, guys. Yeah, we're, we're running the podcast here. Oh man, I would be lying if I uh, clearly if I of the club had, has the best intro. That's all I have to say. Done. Well, decided. Basically, there, there's the Idaho podcast number one, and then if any of the other podcasts use "Playing with the Boys" by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> or shake it off by Taylor Swift. They they are sitting at one A and one B. 
So what you're saying is now the Montana Mint may have taken some liberties with copyright infringement based off um, some bigger name celebrity is not yet being Big Sky Conference fans. No, we're still working. Um, I'm going to say Eagles Power Hour. Um, it's prob- It's certainly the most produced intro, um, but because we're not going to do a deep dive, hey, just congrats for them on organizing having a you know produced intro. Um, each podcast is improving uh, while people are making further investments in it, so we're just going to pat ourselves on the back. And uh, congratulations, Eastern Washington on winning the Big Sky based off being named champion. And we're shifting away from Eagle content as of now. Uh, some guy named Chris Hammond messaged in uh, favorite English football clubs. And I'm going to tell you, um, I am absolutely the worst person in the world to talk about soccer. I tried to give a shit and failed like three times. So I just retired trying. Um, I'm going to let you guys take over uh, favorite English football soccer clubs real quick. Hey, Rico, go it. Yeah, I knew he was going to say that. Ooh, he was going to say that. Rico's a City fan. That's poor for him. I don't. I feel bad for him losing to the proper Eng- Manchester Football Club three times this year. Um, but the the best team in all of the world is Manchester United Football Club, the Red Devils. Eh. Hey, they beat City three times this year, three and one. That's all that matters. So yeah, go ahead, jump on the bandwagon like everyone else. Oh, yeah. I ban you! Yeah, <laughs> the bandwagon, yeah, the bandwagon team is the blue team in Manchester. No one cares about them. Um, speaking of which, I know there's a follow-up kind of question from Taylor Cash uh, on there, uh, Brian. It's you know, do you agree with uh, Man City's um, bans from European football, um, the death penalty? Rico, have you heard about that? The the whole Champions League ban. Yeah, Lance. do they deserve it? Do they deserve to be do they banned? Deserve anything? Do they deserve it more so than anything the Astros got? Um, well, they both broke the rules and cheated, so. But to varying degrees, I mean, I mean the the Man City just straight up lied about their about their money they have and how they got it, so. That's yeah, but a, still, they, they have to they have to play the games. I mean, imagine that you and I are taking a test. And I'm getting all the answers to the test ahead of time. You know, it's like, oh, here's this answer. See, I'm getting buzzed in. Like, this is what it's going to be. And you you're, you're, getting, normal test. you're getting it's buzzed in. It could be you know. A or B, you know. I don't know. Maybe the Astros isn't getting punished enough. That's all I have to say. But, you know, love uh, love the Red Devils of Manchester and love City being banned from a European competition for the next two seasons. And, yes, it will stick because they're a bunch of cheating. Oh, I don't wanna, I'm not going to go there, but they cheat. That's all I have to say. With their, he just wanted he just wanted Manchester United to have a better shot to perform well in the league. It's okay, boat. It's okay, boat. Hey, you know, never Man City's never won a treble. That's all I have to say. And, and because I don't know what that is, I'm just going to accept it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could cover it for you, Brian. Oh yeah, now I um I know some terms to look up. Look at listeners. Look for my future podcast. Brian talks about soccer coming out next week. Um, <laughs> we we're approaching closing the bar. Um, you know, just sorry. Spend ten seconds, listeners. Uh, some news in the Big Sky Conference. Jeff Linder, uh, former now head co- head basketball coach at Northern Colorado, is now the head basketball coach at uh, University of Wyoming or Wyoming University, whatever order they do that. Um, We'll probably do a deeper dive in our next podcast because we're we're at the hour mark, and 
I also don't want to spoil all news we would have for next week. But um, Alex, any takes real quick on uh, Big Sky loses one of its better coaches? Uh, any, any, you know, what? Give me thirty seconds on this. Um, it's the nature of the beast. You want to be good enough to where your coaches, where teams want to go after your coaches, but you also want to be able to hold on to them. That's also that's just the what happens when you um, are at the this type of this level of uh, college athletics. There's always gonna be a bigger dog out there, bigger fish trying to grab you, trying to be the trying to grab the guy that you want to keep around. Austin. Uh, if anything, I think it just speaks to your conference. I mean, as, as much as it, it hurts to lose some of the greats, uh, by seeing them be successful and getting rewarded, getting promoted, uh, it just in turn, you know, internally is going to uplift that program even more, uh, get, you know, better guys wanting to come in and ultimately everybody's going to reap the reward of, you know, individual success there. Yeah, Jeff Linder, four years at Northern Colorado. It took one year to rebuild. First year, 11 and 18. And in his next three seasons, won 26 games, 21 games, and then 22 games. And that last season, that's 22 games without taking part in the Big Sky Conference uh, championship tournament because it was canceled. Um, yeah, I I expect Northern Colorado is going to hire internally. Um I think there's a chance what's going on is going to really with the COVID-19 is going to really screw up um, or really make it harder for some of the typical coaching moves that we've seen because recruiting's frozen too. Uh, So I just would not be shocked at all if we have some places to, um, if you have a good internal applicant, kind of like we did this year, not that we did this because of COVID-19, but wouldn't be shocked if you see a decent amount of places do like we did, where if you're not Iona and can't and don't pull Rick Pitino, then (laughs) You, you say, you know what, we'll give stability a chance. And I think that's what Northern Colorado is going to do. Wild hire. Uh, Rick Pitino. Pitino. <laughs> Didn't see that yeah. one coming. Um, we're into closing the bar now. Um, so, you know, for, we still have our April 17th FCS versus F- FBS thing planned. Uh, full disclosure, guys, with how things have changed. One, that's obviously not going to be an in-person event anymore. And two, I don't know if, I mean, right now with how everything is, I I just kind of hope we have a football season at all. I wouldn't be shocked if we think about reevaluating that. But as of now, April 17th, we have that big podcast going up. We're going to continue our positional spotlight over the next few weeks. We, I don't have the list in front of me, but we still have running backs and quarterbacks to get through. And, you know, Alex, um, Tell everyone where to find you online. Uh, give us anything else you think listeners should know about what's going on in the world of Alex Boatman. Yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at Boatman Alex, B-O-A-T-M-A-N-A-L-E-X. Find me on Instagram um, at Boatman underscore Alex. Um, not a whole lot going on right now. We'll quarantine work from home just like everyone else in the great city of Seattle. So it should be a fun uh, few weeks and uh, – a lot of Call of Duty and a lot of FIFA being played. Maybe even a fun few months. Um, yeah. Austin, Austin, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's going to be at Rico5. It's going to have a nice blue check mark next to it. Thanks to the XFL. Oh, God. Roughnecks. Humble uh-huh. brag. Um, and then Instagram's just A Rico. Rico is in like Uncle Rico, you know, your R I C O 5. And yeah, you know, we occasionally post some good content, so you're more than welcome to check it out. 
Um, and then as always, I mean, go Vandals. Oh yeah. And everyone, you, you guys know me, Brian Marceau on Twitter at Brian Marceau. That's M A R C E A U. Make sure to follow at big sky podcast, follow all big sky podcast network developments and receive content throughout the off season. We still have a few people making producing episodes, us and Eagle power hour for sure. Um, and that's all we got now, guys. So awesome. It's time. It's time for the best band in all the land to play us out. Listen to the sound of Idaho's on our listen to the sound of Idaho, not Idaho's on our way out. <laughs> Go Vandals. Go Vandals. <laughs>